The Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2009. Here's Rhonda sharing on Step 5. Okay. Um, thank you, everyone, and my name is Rhonda and I'm an alcoholic. And um, my home group is uh, Northern Exposure of a Saturday morning, 10 to 11. All welcome. <laughs> Um, I'd just like to say thank you to, for, to Dave as well for the presentation on Step 4 um, earlier on. <laughs> I don't have a preso to give you. <laughs> I didn't have time to go home and do one, you know. But um, he certainly outlined it really, really well. And um, I, I think he must have been talking to the same person as my sponsor. <laughs> um, I think they might have read the same book um, because <laughs> it's funny about that, I don't know, um, because my sponsor explained it all um, to me and about the columns and, as, as well and um, what part of self was affected and what was my part in it. And uh, as Dave um, so eloquently illustrated about the fear that comes through. Um, through step four and um, I was a bit of a, a late bloomer um, getting here so uh, my sobriety date is the 1st of May 2001 um, so it's very fitting that I be asked to speak on step five um, because step five for me was the, the step that um, cemented me um, in AA so step five was the step where I truly came to believe um, and up until that time, um, I've been through all the motions and I was doing all the right th the right things, but it just wasn't here. <laughs> it really wasn't here. And um, I made that decision to turn my will on my life and I didn't understand what that was all about, but they said to me, that's your thoughts, your will are your thoughts and your life are your actions. I could understand that, you know, sort of. I was pretty bruised the time, you know, I've been around this show for a long time. And I heard a speaker earlier on talking about coming and drinking and all that sort of stuff. And um, from my experience, this, this doesn't work too well. A belly full of beer and a head full of AA, it just didn't work for me. So I sat in these rooms for a long time and I nearly died sitting in these rooms because I was unwilling to tell people the truth and unwilling to take the necessary steps that I needed to recover from this seemingly hopeless state of body and mind that I've come to know what it's all about, you know. And I'm really glad that a person was put in my path who'd watched me dying for years, who had the courage to say to me, Rhonda, you have to pick up the tools, the spiritual tools outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous if you are to ever A, live and B, live comfortably sober. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be comfortable in my own skin. So I'm going to take a leaf out of Dave's book. I have to put my specs on <laughs> there um, because the last little bit of step four uh, that it says there, it says, in this book you read again and again that faith for us, faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We, are ho we hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision, and that's what Dave was talking about before, that's that third step, and an inventory, which is my fourth step, of your grosser handicaps. Oh, I'm such a good person, these grosser handicaps. It's almost like they talk about the bedevilments and all that kind of thing as well, you know. My goodness, you know. You have made a beginning. And that's what I liked because I found it was a beginning. I was 49 when I started to, to work um, on, 
on my grosser handicaps through the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I honestly thought it was too late for me. I really and truly did. And in my head, my grosser handicaps were huge, really huge. I was the worst of everything. The worst mother, the worst wife, the worst employee, the worst of everything. And I didn't know where to begin. All I knew was... I've got to go and make amends to people. I've got to go to step nine, you know. And they kept on saying, is, is, they're in order, Rhonda, they're in order. Don't be in a hurry. You got, didn't get drunk in one day. You, you know, you've got to get sober. You know, you've got to take your time. You, as long as it took, took you to get drunk, you said, how long is it going to take you to get sober? One day at a time. That concept eluded me. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. And I just had to go and make amends to people. But I didn't. Thank God. <laughs> um, and it says, if we have already made a decision, as I just said, and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you've made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. And this was, I can honestly say, this was the first time in my life that I had any kind of structure to find out any truths about myself because it was also garbled in my head. I didn't know where to start. I just didn't know where to start. And I said, my sponsor, must have talked to your sponsor, must have talked to that book, you know, write your list. What do I do now? You do this. What does it say in the book? What does it say in the book? I did it, but I did not understand it. I just did what I was told. The clarity came a bit later on, and the clarity's come in hindsight. But by taking the action, go figure. What's the next one? Chapter 6, step 5, into action. <laughs> I now got to do something. I've got to stop talking about all this stuff. I've made the list. Now I've got to admit it to myself, wrote it all out. The fear, unbelievable, you know, admitted to God. Well, God already knew it anyway, and then someone else. So then it goes on to tell me, okay, who am I going to choose? Well, can't choose my husband. That <laughs> would have been very good. Very good. Wouldn't have a husband for very long if I, if, I, if I chose my husband. You know, he didn't need to know the stuff that I, that I did. He was a, he was there for a lot of it, but some of the stuff would have really hurt him. Really, really hurt him. He didn't need to know. My kids lived through it, but they didn't need to know the rest of the stuff. You know. But the one person, and I, I don't have any religious affiliation, so for me that wasn't an option going to a church. But the one person who I had now trusted was the person who was sponsoring me. And she told me that, you know, it would be nothing new for her. I thought, well, you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> and I'm so special, you know. <laughs> um, but she was right, you know, so I was able to sit down. And I, wouldn't, I would just say to before this time, I'd stopped... Um, of drinking, I was going to say smoking, I don't even smoke, but uh, someone else was talking about smoking before. I stopped drinking on the 1st of May 2001 and my fifth step was on the 25th of November 2001 and that was my sponsor's eighth birthday. Um, and that whole time, the mental obsession to drink alcohol was so great, I was too scared to go out on my own of a night. I used to barricade myself this time my husband had gone. We've since come, he since came back. But this time he, he was gone. But I barricaded myself in my apartment because I was too scared to do anything else but get up and go to work and run home and close the door. You know, and, and my meetings as well of a morning. My home group was a morning meeting because all I wanted to do was drink because all this stuff was coming up. All this stuff that I'd written out on my fourth step was all coming up. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I thought, now, how can just sharing it with somebody else make any difference at all? I thought, that just seems too lame for me. But it had worked so far, so I just, I just thought I'd just keep going. Okay, so having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? 
We've been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator and to discover the obstacles in our path. Well, that wasn't me either. I just wanted to feel better. <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't about finding, you know, at that stage, a new, um, in, a, a greater uh, relationship with my creator. I just needed to get the stuff out. I needed to, I'd purged for years at AA, all this inappropriate stuff, but I needed to get it out in an appropriate manner. So um, I, I, I started, I sat down with my sponsors. My sponsor's name is Doreen P in Sydney. And we started, I started to talk this stuff out. And we sat there, oh, I suppose, for about three hours, four hours. And when I started to read it all out, and I looked at, okay, what part of self was affected and what was my part in it, and as I said about that fear, fear, it got to the stage where I thought, this really sounds lame. <laughs> it really did, because all the grossest stuff that I thought was all in perspective now. When I drank alcohol, I did things to other people which I did not mean to do take the alcohol out of the equation and I don't no longer have to do those kind of things. But I had to say, okay, I've now got to take responsibility for what I did and go and front those people later on. But it seemed like a natural progression because step four, it just seemed easier. I wrote it all out, you know, and I said, okay, I've done it. There it is. It's yours now. She goes, no, it's yours. You come back and do it next week. I thought, oh, that's a bit anticlimactic. You know, I, I wrote it all out the night before, you know, after I kept on ringing her, what do I do now? What do I do now? What do I do now? And she said, I thought you finished this sort of two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I'm just going over it. I hadn't done it. You know? <laughs> so this... Cause I just, I don't know, I just got a bit lost and a bit scared or whatever. Whatever whatever it took for me, I suppose, that's what it took, you know. Um, ten minutes remaining. Oh, my goodness, I could talk for hours. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so we started to talk it out, you know, and we talked about all the stuff, you know. It says here, we pocket our pride and go to it, illuminating every twist of character, every dark cranny of the past. Once we have taken this step, withholding nothing, we are delighted. And that's exactly what happened. I took a fear less. That means for me, I was told no fear, less, less fear, moral inventory of myself, um, my resentments, my fear and my sex conducts. And I could see exactly if I ever were to need a God, I, I, it was really illustrated to me in those steps. But it only came out through the sharing of it. And what happened was my sponsor shared her past with me and the hold was gone. It was just amazing. It was just, I get emotional with this. <laughs> you know? There's um, on the daily reflections for May the 1st, which is my AA um, birthday, the reading is on healing hearts and minds. And it talks about uh, hiding the dark parts of the past and how the secrets can kill. And how it, this, you know, by step five, it sheds light on all that. So there's no longer any hold over me. And that was my experience. And um, I'll just quickly quickly share, when I first um, got sober, no, when I first came into AA and got sober the first time, I started going to meetings and um, there's a gentleman there by the name of Bobby from Enmore. And um, I, I, some people have heard this story, but I'll quickly say it. Though I was told to go and see him, so I rang him up and I said, how will I know you? And he said, I'll know you. Meet me at McDonald's at quarter to seven on Wednesday morning. So I was like, okay, so I went. And I thought, how do I know this guy? You know, how will I know him? And as we said, we talked about different conduct and all that kind of stuff. So I just was watching all these men walking into this um, McDonald's at quarter to seven. I'm sort of, you know, <laughs> watching all, all this kind of stuff. I'm thinking, getting really toey, you know. Anyway, I'm thinking, well, and they're looking at me and I'm wondering what's going on. 
Next thing you know, this little man walks in this door, like the other side of the, of the, of the room there, and he walked over and I stood up. And I walked over to him and I put my arms around him and I said, I hope you're Bobby. <laughs> and he said, I know you're Rhonda, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, and that's the truth, you know. And we used to have every Wednesday morning, we had a steps meeting McDonald's in the playground. Now, I hadn't seen him for about two years. We went up to Terrigal on the northern beaches um, of, of New South Wales and I, I was really emotional, really emotional. I felt different. I'd let all this stuff had come out and I just felt lighter. It just felt like it was just, uh, I couldn't explain it, but I was very emotional. My sponsor wouldn't let me put any more makeup on or do my hair. She goes, no, you've got to go and show them, you know, so I dragged myself in and had to sit down the front row in intensive care and all that. I was wonderful. Look, she looks fabulous. I was like, oh my God, you know, I'm just, you know, so it's all about still at that stage about the outside. And I was at the, at the sink and I turned around and there was Bobby standing at, at the door and he put his arms out and I hugged him. And I can tell you something happened and he felt it too. I get goosebumps talking about it now. And I said, I'm going to be okay. And he said, yes, you are. And I said, thank you for helping to save my life. And he said, no, God works through people. God puts us, we are the messengers, you know, and we're a blubbering mess, you know. It was just, it was just amazing. So I do believe that God does work through people. But you know what happened? The obsession to drink alcohol was removed. And it's never come back, ever. And I didn't know it that day. But when I woke up the next day, someone else said it. I didn't want to drink. I didn't really think about it. And the next day, and the next day, and I never had a drink. And I still get goosebumps. Because that, to me, is the most miraculous thing that's ever happened in my life. Because every day for 27 years, I had to drink alcohol. Every day I wasn't a good mother, a good worker, anything like that. My life began to change and God had been working all the time and I didn't see it. I couldn't see it. I was blind to it. So this fifth step for me was unlocking that what was inside of me to share everything about me and had been written down exactly like it says in the big book which gave me the courage to actually move forward with it and to go on with the process. So now, for me, this is not something that I do. This is something I live because my life depends on it. And I just tell you what, my life has taken off in such ways. And I nearly walked out of here at three years sober because my life got really busy. All the good things started to come. And I started to put other things before my God. And I started to put other things before AA because I had it all together. And it says here, you know, why should I keep on doing this stuff? And it says here, why should I do this step? Because if I miss this vital step, I may go back to drinking. And I get goosebumps thinking about it. You know, I've got a son who's headed that way who may not live to see his next birthday. And it's horrific to watch. It really is horrific to watch. And I'm powerless. But they watch me <laughs> for all those years, That all those years. I know that this works and I know that God works through people. And if I have to get a soapbox, I don't care. I'll stand on it as long as it takes, you know. So the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous for me were the road to freedom. God got me here and I found my God here. So I don't see why I should ever, ever leave, you know. So I've just been given this opportunity. So I thank you so much for letting me share on step five. And I hope um, that maybe just something that I've said might have just touched somebody else. Thank you.
This share and other shares like it are available from our website, stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.